Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. If you don't mind, amen, I will try to be mindful of your time. Uh, here tonight but I know there's several times we've closed service out on Sunday night people still talk for 45 minutes and so if you'll just do due diligence with me we'll go again to the word of the Lord amen and I know his spirit is able to touch us and help us here this evening Romans chapter number one and verse number 21 uh, starting again this is just a scripture I used this morning we'll use it as a springboard uh, here this evening verse number 20 rather one and verse 20 for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen Seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse likewise this morning we read from Colossians chapter number 2 and verses number 8 and 9 beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily amen let's go to the lord in prayer right now father i need you i pray oh god we're thankful lord jesus for your spirit that we have had lord jesus in this place today i pray god that you would just touch us again here this evening as we lord share a few more scriptures concerning god the godhead or the state of being god i pray oh lord tonight you're able lord jesus to bring revelation and enlightenment god to our hearts and our minds god we'll be able to be made lord sure by the word of god help us jesus today to be sensitive to your spirit we know God that you're able Lord to do a work God that only you can do in the lovely name of Jesus Christ we pray and everybody say amen before you're seated let's clap our hands if you will unto the Lord and give him a hand clap of praise I love you Jesus I magnify you Jesus I glorify you oh God hallelujah 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 you may be seated. I'm sorry if you're here tonight and you wasn't here this morning, but I can't back up the train all the way and start over again. Believe you me, we don't have the time to do that. But we're speaking along the terms of the Godhead today. We're speaking along the terms of the fact that God manifested himself in the flesh of that day known as Jesus Christ. We're, we're, we're looking at that subject matter, how that man, Christ Jesus, had a divine nature and he also had a human nature nature and so whenever we are in consideration of that if I may go to some more verses of scripture and we'll try to get through this and be mindful of this John 14 very good uh, chapter in John John chapter number 14 to read concerning these things the Bible says and I will pray Jesus speaking the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever Jesus says I'm going to ask the father to send you another comforter now it's important to denote that word another all right another comforter the word actually uh, in the Greek rendition of it is the word another meaning one of the same sort 
one of the same sort. There's other places that the word another is used in New Testament Scripture. For instance, whenever I said this morning that John the Baptist was questioning whether or not this man that was among them was the Christ or should he look for another. The word that was used there is one of a different sort. But whenever Christ Jesus was speaking of the comforter or another comforter, it was one of the same sort. The best that I can explain this to you is like this water is water all right ice is water steam is water all right the liquid is water they all have the same molecules the same composition they all have h2o as it were it is ice is that the 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 steam is that and the solid is that but they are the same thing they may have a different form it may be ice liquid or gas but it is still h2o it is still water. Whenever you consider the Godhead, amen, of the Lord Jesus Christ, whenever you consider God, whether he's operating his role of being Father or operating his role of being the Son of God or operating as the Holy Ghost, the composition is the same. It's still God. He might be operating in a fatherly low relationship or the son row relationship or the Holy Ghost row relationship, but he is God. He is remaining the same. Verse 17 says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Jesus says, I will not leave you, but I will come to you. He's going to come back just in a different form. Amen. They seen him at that time, God indwelling the flesh of that man, Christ Jesus. But whenever he came back on the day of Pentecost, he wasn't coming back with the bodily form now, but coming back in the form of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, just in a different form, he returned back to them and infiltrated their lives. John says in John 14, 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. Jesus is the comforter. The comforter is the Holy Ghost. They are one and the same thing. Now, here is a verse of scripture that is very uh, good in John chapter number 10 and verse number 27. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Jesus is speaking. He says, no man are going to pluck these sheep, these people that you have given me, out of my hand. Then verse number 29 says, he says, my father which gave me them is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Now, Jesus just said they're in my hand, but then he said no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. Well, whose hand are they in? Well, you got to understand the hand of Jesus was the hand of the Father. Because the Father indwelt that man, Christ Jesus. Very plainly then, Jesus put all uh, suppositions aside then with verse 30. He plainly said, I, Jesus, I and my Father are one. Now, there was something that arose in the crowd that day because the next verse says the Jews took up stones again ready to stone him because there was something that they had trouble with. 
this man is saying that he is the Father, that he is the Almighty God. We got a problem here because we've been taught as Jews and Hebrews, amen, the verses we went over this morning, Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Ephesians 4, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. They've been taught from infancy up. There's one Lord, there's one God. This is the way it is. There cannot be another. But the, he is proclamating to be God. And this made them mad because in their mind, they have been taught there can only be one God and this guy's saying he's God and there can only be one God there can only be one Lord and verse 32 says Jesus entered them they have their stones in their hand now they're upset they're mad there's only one God and he said unto them many good works have I shewed you from my father for which of those works do you stone me he says, we, we, we've had the blind eyes open. We've had, we've had the deaf they can hear. We've had the mute, their tongue loose. Now they can speak. There's a lot of works, Jesus says, that I've done since I've been here among you. Which of those works are you stoning me for? Why are you stoning me? And look, they attest the reason why they were about ready to stone him in verse 33. And the Jews answered him saying, for a good work we stone thee not. We're not stoning you because of the miracles. We're not stoning you for raising the dead. We're not stoning for all those things, but for blasphemy. Because thou, because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. So the crowd was saying, uh, you're a man that's trying to make yourself God. In reality, they had it just a little backwards. It was God that came down and made himself a man. Hallelujah! That almighty God enveloped into a body of Christ Jesus. He wasn't claiming to be anything he wasn't. He was the almighty God in flesh. It wasn't a man trying to be God. It was God that came down in the form of humanity. Woo! Not in that of an angel, but after the seed of Abraham so that he could save you and I. Someone say amen. There's another dissertation in Scripture because we have this, folks, commonly through New Testament Scripture. People have a hard time. They have a hard time with this Jesus image because they're seeing him do things that only God could do. And they knew because of their teaching there's only one God. How can this take place? Not because there were two gods, but because one God had manifested himself in another form and in another way as a man. The Bible says in John 8, 56... Jesus says to them, this troubles them. He says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. And then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old. They're talking to the man, Christ Jesus. Hast thou seen Abraham, we're talking about the father of the Jewish nation. Uh, father Abraham, have you you've seen it? You're not even 50 years old. He only lived 33 and a half years upon the earth. Have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, he's speaking that not as the flesh man, as the son of God, but at that point in time, he's linking into his divine nature of being God. Before Abraham was, God was, is, and forever shall be. He says, before Abraham was, I am. 
Whenever Moses said, God, you want me to be your deliverer and go and deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, who should I say sent me unto them? He says, you tell them, this is God telling Moses, you tell them that I am, that I am has sent you. And in the New Testament, Jesus is standing there and said before Abraham was, I am. God was enrobed in that man, Christ Jesus. They take up stones here. They look at them again. Man, they're eager to stone. You know, it's amazing to me. Just think for here for a moment. It's amazing to me those Jewish people in Hebrews were ready to stone anything that was trying to introduce another God because they understood the simple fact of there being one God. They're gathering stones together again. Verse 49, they took up stones, they cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Now, if I may just digress for a moment of Colossians, again, verse 2, or chapter 2, and verse number, verse number 9 in particular. The Bible says, for in him, speaking of Jesus Christ, for in him, if I may, Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. All of the nature, the essence, and the attributes of God are found bodily in Jesus Christ. Now listen to me. You listen? Not all of God was in Jesus Christ, but the total essence, attributes, and nature of God was in Jesus Christ. Because whenever you consider God, God is a spirit. He's omnipresent. Ephesians said he's above all, through all, and in all. Whenever David is accounting in Psalms 136, he said, if I go into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning, go into the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall guide me. David was saying, wherever I go, you are. God is everywhere. God is the Spirit. He said, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. He said, men are making temples unto me, but where is this temple that you've made that's going to house this God? I don't do well in temples made by hands because he's God. He's everywhere. And so it's not that the whole quantity of God was in the man Christ Jesus, but the whole quality of God was in the man Christ Jesus and you see Jesus using that terminology a lot I am in my father and my father is in me <laughs> I am my father and my father in me how is that possible because all of God was it in Christ but the very essence nature and attributes of God amen was in Christ Jesus while Christ was still in God how can that be possible? Pastor uh, Bill Davis says it the best. You've heard me say it here before. He says, you want to know how that takes place? He said, you go grab yourself a bucket. You go out in the middle of the ocean. You scoop up a, a bucket of ocean water. He says, inside of that bucket, uh, there is the ocean. All the composition, all the components of the ocean that make the ocean the ocean is inside the bucket. But set that bucket down into the ocean and all of the ocean and the essence and nature of the ocean is in the bucket, but the bucket is still in the ocean. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the reason why I can be filled with his spirit. You can be filled with his spirit. You can be filled with his spirit. You can be filled with his spirit. Somebody in a foreign country is feeling God's spirit right now. God doesn't have no limitations or boundary. He filled the life of Christ and he's filled my life and I feel him right now. He's God. The fullness of the Godhead, the nature, attributes, and essence of him was in the body of Christ Jesus. Amen. 
Hebrews chapter number one, verse number one. Be mindful here. We'll try. I'll just feel like we're in the prison. You all got to get to your bunk at a certain time. <laughs> Hebrews chapter number one, verse number one. God, I'm going to pause here and there through reading these verses. God, who at sundry times, basically many separate times, and in divers' manners, many different ways, different times, different ways, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. And listen, for anybody that wasn't here uh, this morning, and you might be having a hard time, you know, following where I'm at right now, get this morning, listen to the podcast. It'll help you out. I understand you're, you come right in the middle of my sermon. I'm sorry you did that. Amen. But that's just the way it is. Verse number two, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son in other words God has spoken to us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things in other words his son is the lawful owner of all things that are God's all right everything belonged to God the son is heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds amen because we read in scripture we read in scripture how God was the creator we read in New Testament how Jesus was the creator all right there is no problem with that folks understanding that Christ has a divine nature and a human nature and through his divine nature his father was God all right Amen. And that he indwelt that man, Christ Jesus. But here's the thing. In verse number three, who being the brightness of his glory. Speaking of the sun here. The sun is the sole expression of the glory of God. And look now. And the express image of his person. You need to underscore that in your Bibles. Because that's the only place in the Bible where you will find God defined as a person. As a person. And it is, Brother Mason, singular. Who being the brightness, the sun, the brightness of his glory, and still speaking of the sun, the express image of his, his who? God's person. Singular. One. Not seven, not eight, not two. One. The Son was the express image. Because remember John 4, 24, God is a spirit. No image there. But when he made himself a body, the Son of God, the flesh, Jesus Christ, Christ was the image. Uh Uh-huh. He was the image of God's person. The Bible says that putting all things by the word of his power. Amen. In other words, the word of the Son is upholding, maintaining all things in the universe or even that of God, if you wish to describe it at that. And when he had by himself purged our sins, thank him for that, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Christ Jesus took the position uh, in a personified sense, the right hand of God. And folks, and I'm not going to hash and rehash because we just don't have time to. We on a Wednesday night here one time, I did a whole Bible study for 45 minutes minutes to an hour on the right hand of God all right the right hand of God God doesn't have a literal finger he's a spirit but the Bible speaks about the finger of God the hand of God the mind of God all these different things those 
it's personification so that we can relate to it. I can relate to a hand. I can relate to a finger. But God is a spirit. He has none of those things literally. And whenever you talk about the right hand all throughout the scriptures, you look up right hand in your concordance and you just start searching right hand and you're going to find out it signified that there were special rights, that there were power and authority that was associated with the right hand. There was greatness. The Bible speaks about the right hand of salvation or the saving of the right hand. It speaks about the first born often was blessed by the right hand the rights and authority the righteousness of the right hand pleasures are found at the right hand uh, on and on and on honor the, the the right hand was a distinguished place of honor and so whenever Jesus is here sitting on the right hand of God there is no right hand of God but there is some type of power and authority with the role of Jesus Christ that he played it was a distinguished place of honor he was placed at the right hand or the place of power for God and we said it this morning but I will bear repeating what was so powerful about Jesus is that he provided the body he provided the flesh and the blood for the atonement for your sin if there was no body there had been no blood there had been no remission for you and so the the fact that there was a body and there was blood and it was shed and it did atone for me, that's powerful. That has authority. That has pleasure and privilege all associated with it. And so that's the reason why without going through the whole Bible study again, why there is this subject matter of that right hand of God. Consider this again, again. The express image of his person. One. I told you all of God that you'll ever see is in the person, Christ Jesus. And another matter of 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Do I have that one up there? It says 2 Corinthians, good. I, I might have added something today. I don't know. I don't remember doing that. Maybe I did it in my sleep. I got a nap in today. It was wonderful. I never had that on Sunday afternoon. But 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, if you want to turn there with me, because I got to turn there as well. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2, and I'm trying to get there just as quick as possible. Amen. Verse chapter 2 2 Corinthians 2 chapter 2 verse number 10 the Bible states these words to whom ye forgive anything I forgive also for if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it for your sakes listen now forgave I it in the person of Christ so if there's any forgiveness to be done, it's to be given in the person of Christ. That's the only, that's the only time you see that, folks. All right, it's the only time you see that. Uh, the concept and the idea, again, God is a spirit. God is not a person. God is a spirit. The only, the only way he ever became a person was through Jesus Christ, of indwelling that body. But this, the concept of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, being three persons, co-equal and co-eternal, does not line up with the Bible. There was only one that was the express image of God's person that we read in Hebrews, person, and that was Jesus Christ. Amen. Going on, let's go on uh, the right hand of God. We'll go and skip on past that. Now, 1 Timothy 3.16. Some have this as their favorite verse maybe in the Bible. It is a great verse. 1 Timothy 3.16. I'm hastening along. The Bible says without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles received on in, believed on rather in the world and received up into glory I made just a real, real quick drive by note this morning before I left 
There's some people that have, they'll bring this concept, well, the Godhead and the mystery of godliness, all this, it just can't be understood. And so we're just going to have to live through this life not understanding uh, the, the mystery of the Godhead and all these things uh, that people speak about concerning God, concerning the relationship of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. It just cannot be understood because of the mystery of godliness, all right? But the mystery of godliness is not what happened, all right? The, the, the mystery of godliness is not what happened I can't get these words out of my mouth. The Bible said great is the mystery of godliness, but the mystery of godliness is not what happened. In the verse we read, it tells us, it tells us very plainly what happened. God was manifested in the flesh. Amen. The mystery of godliness, the mystery of godliness is how. How did it happen? We don't know how it happened, but we do know what did happen. I can't, with my best uh, verbiage and adjectives, begin to describe how God did all of that. How God came down and dwelt a man, Christ Jesus, and how Jesus went away and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. I can't necessarily tell you how, but I know what was done. The mystery is not in the what. The mystery is in the how. And so whenever I break that verse down and I consider it without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Amen. The mystery is great, it says. How it was done is very great. I can't explain how, but I can't explain what. What he did. And here's what he did according to this verse. God was manifest in the flesh. In other words, God appeared in a human form. God was made visible, the invisible was made visible in human flesh. And for the rest of this solitary verse, he is telling us things about the dual nature of Jesus Christ. He's telling us about his human nature and he's telling us about his divine nature. Because the Bible says he was justified in the spirit as a man from his mama's side, as human human nature had to be justified as a man human nature he had to be justified he was a man but he was seen of angels as his divine side being God he had already from the very foundation of the world God had been seen among angels lived among angels because he was God he preached unto the Gentiles as a man human flesh he preached and gave verbiage in the nature of his flesh and preached to the Gentiles so he was a man but he was believed on in the world amen God God was the nature amen that people believed upon amen they believed upon God not the man but the God that was in the man they believed upon the Bible says though this same Jesus Christ was received up into glory and as a man God didn't need to be received up in glory glory was already his his glory already filled the whole earth but as a man Christ Jesus was received up into glory as a man so we read in scripture this God that was manifest in flesh he's a God man he's a man God he's divine he's human he's human he's divine what is the scripture trying to tell us that he had a divine nature and a human nature he was a man but he was also God now my verse and I'll close with this 
I'll go back to my favorite verse and close with it, okay? 2 Corinthians 5.19 To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. This is awesome to me. Coming from the pen of the Apostle Paul and I'll review why because Paul, who was not always Paul, but at one time before his conversion, Saul. When reading the portfolio in the Corinthians of this man, Saul, he is spoken as being a Hebrew of Hebrews, which means his mom was a Hebrew and his dad was a Hebrew, which means as a child and a little Jewish boy, when he came out of the womb, they were speaking Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Lord and he had been brought up in their concourses and when he went to bed at night and whenever they ate all this was ingrained in his mind that there is one God there is one Lord and that was constantly a part of Saul's background he said the Bible says at the feet of Gamaliel a very great teacher and educator concerning the Jewish law and it was through this man that he even learned the oneness the essentiality of the oneness of this God that he served but whenever the disciples after Christ had died and resurrected and ascended to glory these people were preaching about a Jesus Christ and they were talking about his miracles they were talking about things that could only be attributed to God and this got into the crawl of Saul because he knew there's only one God there's only one Lord and so as a result of that you see him start persecuting what we would call the church he starts taking these people preaching the name of Jesus he was basically believing this is a bunch of heresy it's a bunch of heresy going on there's only one God and you're, you're astounding a man out here as though he was God this is a bunch of foolishness. And so he's putting people in prison and doing all this. And once he got some letters from the high priest in Acts chapter number 9, and he's on his way to Damascus again to whoever's preaching in this name and talking about this. I'm going to take care. This is a bunch of heresy that's going on. And he goes, and there's a light that shines from heaven, knocks him off his beast, and there's a voice from heaven that's speaking, and it says, Saul, Saul, why do thou persecute me? Now in the mind of Saul, there's only one voice that's coming from heaven and that's the voice of God. The one God, the one Lord. And he cries out and says, Who art thou, Lord? And the response wasn't, it wasn't El Shaddai, it wasn't Jehovah Tiskanu or Jehovah Rapha or any of those sort of things because Saul would have had no problem with that. But he said, I am Jesus. Stop, wait a minute, got to tell somebody. Hold on, what? This one Lord, this one God, you just said you are Jesus? That's what these folks have been preaching about. This is what they've been spreading the gospel. You're Jesus, this God that I've been taught by my parents, this one Lord I've been taught by Gamaliel. Gamaliel, you're telling me this is Jesus? Now listen now. Amen. So Paul takes this. There's a revelation that happened for Paul that day. He, under, he stopped persecuting the church because he understood who they're preaching about, talking about the signs, miracles, and wonders. That's the workings of my God. He is just embodied in a man, Christ Jesus. And the Bible says, see, he had a hard time being accepted by the apostles and disciples. It says he didn't go to, they were a little leery of him. His person, I mean, if someone was killing your church family, 
wanted to come to dinner. Wouldn't that make you just a little nervous? And he was a little, he, so he didn't go to them. The book of Galatians, though, tells us that Paul was away for a while. He was away with personal study in the place of Arabia. He was there for a few years. But after personal study, see, because he didn't have the account like, like, like Peter did. He wasn't there at the day of Pentecost. But after all these things, after being away, private study Arabia for a few years, he comes back with 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse number 19, after much study, after my experience on the road to Damascus, he says to wit that the one God I was taught about as a kid, the one Lord I was taught about at the feet of Gamaliel, amen, to wit that God was in Christ because he told me himself, I am Jesus. Amen, he's just reconciling the world unto himself. Amen, I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, I love the Lord and I'm thankful that he has heard my cry. There's power today because whenever we speak the name of Jesus, whenever we call upon the name of Jesus, when we praise and worship, it's all right. You're not, you're not giving more, more distinguishment, amen, to a certain person of the Godhead more than the other. No, you call him Jesus, call him Father, call him Son, call him Holy Ghost. Whatever you do, just call upon him because when you do, it's getting to the heavens. I... God was in Christ. God was personally presented in Christ to start all the way back with my first scripture of Romans 1.20 that the invisible then was seen by the things that were made and understood by the things that were made a greater understanding and concept of God was brought about through the life of Christ Jesus through the life of Christ Jesus I told you I'd watch it stand with me And we could talk about this on and on. It takes a lot to exhaust this. I don't know if it can be exhausted. But hopefully just a little bit of scripture and what we have spoken of today may help some understanding. And again, I, I bear repeating uh, tonight as I did this morning. If it's just not quite there yet for you. Maybe, maybe you're still in your development process. You might just newly be exposed to this thing. So you're developing and you're understanding. And as, as you mature, you'll be able to handle, you know, some meat. And you might be on the milk right now. And there's nothing wrong with that because we all started there. I don't know of one kid yet that just entered the world, you know, gnawing on old T-bone steak. Had the ability to swallow it and digest it. If so, I'm glad I wasn't their parent because I'd hate to have to change those diapers. Bad enough with just with milk. <laughs> Man. The fullness, though, of the nature and the essence of God is represented in the man, Christ Jesus. He did things in his human nature, had limitations in his human nature, but was without limits, without limits through his divine nature. And we see him at different times subjecting himself to one or the other for whatever the purpose or the cause may have been at that moment. Because by and large, throughout the New Testament Scripture, he's, he starts to pull back the veil of his flesh. 
here and there with his disciples and even with others around for them to recognize that he was more than a carpenter's son, more than a man, that he was God. He gave it to him in bite-sized pieces. If he just came down and said, hey, boys, listen here, I just want you to know that the God you serve, that's me. I mean, they'd, they'd be like, I have a hard time swallowing that. But whenever they seen some of his works and they seen some of these things, they start, they start taking these things and comparing them together. They already have a little tendency in thinking, and so he pulls back the veil a little bit, shares a little bit, and he introduces that and allows them to take that and believe that and, and just kind of think upon that. Again, I'll never be able to explain the whole completeness of the how, but I know what happened. And I know what, what was done. Hallelujah. I thank you this evening. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.